I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Prayer that transforms. We need to be a house of prayer and a house of worship. And I feel like God saying, you've done a good job, we've done a good job digging a well in worship, and God is inviting us to dig a deeper well in prayer. And I feel like that there's a grace for prayer available uh, this morning. Uh, in Matthew chapter 21, thank you, Jesus, not sure if we have that available, but In Matthew 21, the, the story is Jesus comes into Jerusalem. It's nearing the time of his uh, uh, giving himself up and his crucifixion. And, and, but he's coming into Jerusalem and he's riding on a donkey and, and the people are cutting palm branches and they're laying the palm branches out before him and, and they're shouting out, Hosanna, the son of David, Hosanna in the highest, and they're worshiping and they're, they're recognizing Jesus in his divinity. They're recognizing Jesus for who he is, and it's a, it's a powerful moment. There's been contention and wrestle over the, the, the minds and the hearts of people. Who is this man who's come? And there is this tearing of the veil moment where there's this collective place of worship where people come into agreement. This is the Savior who has come. And they're worshiping Jesus as he comes in uh, to Jerusalem and the very first thing that Jesus does in, in uh, Matthew 21, as he enters in, verses 12 through 14, then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who brought, bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Now, pause right there. There's one more verse we're going to read, but pause right there. The, Jesus comes in to Jerusalem, and the first thing that he does is he cleanses the temple. Or he clears out, clears out the temple in the recogni recognition of Jesus and his divinity. They're actually receiving him as Savior, as King, as Messiah. And they're recognizing him, and he comes in, and the first thing he does is he cleanses the temple. That's a good idea. <laughs> but his declaration, he's quoting Isaiah, is that, that, that my house shall be a house of prayer. And so that tells me that the process of cleansing the temple involves prayer. That the... the, 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 the um, the unhealthy, the contaminated temple about goods and services and, 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 and uh, the selfishness and greed and mammon, all that gets cleared out to make place for what? Prayer. 
And so the healthy version of the temple is that it is, it is a house of prayer. But then the next verse, something powerful happens. So as he clears it out, <clears throat> makes the declaration, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Verse 14, then, someone say then. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Whoo! <laughs> Come on, is, is this the house of God? Overwhelmed by your response there. <laughs> is this the house of God? Is this, is this where God wants to abide and dwell? Yes, and Big C, all the churches that love Jesus, recognize him as Savior, put him first. That is the house of God. And when we can clear out all the clutter, all the muck, all the junk, we clear that out and we restore to the central place this connection with the Father in prayer, what happens is a well of healing and restoration. <laughs> Whoa! Jesus, listen, <laughs> miracles happen this morning. People that have had things for years and years have gotten breakthrough this morning, but I want you to recognize how hard we didn't work. <laughs> listen, we took, a, we took a sliver of time and we're, we're just gonna do this real quick because God is that good and boom, 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 miracles happen. <laughs> Did anyone break into a sweat? <laughs> no, why? Because grace is available. What we didn't do is work hard, but what we did do is worship with abandoned hearts. And what we have done is there's people have, who have been praying in to this moment in time. Prayer releases grace that goes before us, that breakthroughs happen. More happens in his presence and by his grace than ever happened in our own effort. Come on, thank you, Jesus. So if that happens in just a moment... What happens if we deepen our well of prayer? In the, in the last two months, we've had roughly a, a dozen people. I prayed for two, myself and the Randy Clark Conference, people with severe hearing loss, deafness, and their ears opened. They, in the last two months, we've had a dozen <laughs> We've had doctor-confirmed cases of cancer healed. We've had brain tumors healed. Confir confirmed by M.D. Anderson in Houston. Come on. What? And that's, that's with the well as deep as it is. What happens if we deepen the well? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, we're, it'll be good. Simple and concise, I like it. It'll be good. We are called to change the world. We are called to have impact in government, in science, in medicine, in technology, in business, even in the realm of invention. We are called to have impact in all of these areas, and prayer is what opens the door of influence. Come on. 
It's in the prayer, prayer, you can picture it. Prayer is what oils the hinges of the door of influence. Prayer, prayer puts you in places by grace that you didn't think you would ever get and that you didn't think you belonged. But in prayer, God puts you there anyway. And then you become a testimony for others. Are you glad that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise? Come on, thank you, Jesus. Listen, I, I, I mean, I've, I've shared this story that I've partnered with. We In February, we have Dr. Carter was announced, and, and uh, we have... Uh, doctor from California coming and we're doing a, a um, um, uh, heaven and healthcare uh, conference seminar training doctors and nurses bringing the kingdom of heaven into the medical field and I've been partnering with Dr. Pete Carter in, in England for 12 years and it started from nothing just a dream with God and now it's a whole international um, ministry and we're now bringing it, we're doing our first one here in, in Austin. It's, it's, an, it's amazing. And years ago, before any of this happened, God said to me, he said, I want, I'm going to use you to have influence in the medical community for the kingdom. And I'm like, God, how's that going to happen? This was years ago. I was in my, I was in my 20s and, and um, I'm like, God, influence in the... In the medical, like, this is high, highest level professional, educated people. I'm like, God, I mean, I, I do have a college degree. It's in recreation and leisure services. <laughs> and that's the official title, cor is corporate team building was, was, my, was my degree. But I'm like, God, I have a degree in leisure. <laughs> I'm being I'm being silly, but but I'm like God. Like, how am I supposed? How am I right? This is I'm, I'm probably 28 or so. I'm like God. How am I going to have influence in the medical community? But guess what? It's not our job to figure it out by our own efforts, our own ability, right? I just said God. I don't know how that's going to happen. But if you say it, I say yes, and I germinate it in prayer. And now all these years later, wow, there's an, there is an international organization of doctors and nurses being infused with the reality of the kingdom, seeing radical miracles through their, through their practices, tumors dissolving, goiters dissolving, people being raised from the dead, babies in the wombs being resurrected back to life. I mean, the craziest things you ever heard. And all, of, and all of the generosity and, and culture of honor and all those things happening. It's like, but prayer makes a way. Someone say prayer makes a way. There is, there is a tension in the kingdom. More it's a tension in our understanding between verses like Zechariah 4 that says, uh, not by might or by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. And then verses that, that, like Matthew 10, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. 
One is like, you don't have to do it. And the other is, go and do it. And there's a tension in our understanding. Ephesians 2 and 9, not of, not of works, lest anyone should boast. James 2.18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Okay, God, which one is it? And there's a, there's, there's a tension, but prayer is what closes the gap. Because the reality is that we, all, we are called to do it, meaning what? We are called to go, and we're called to preach, and we're called to heal the sick, and we're called to bring the kingdom into business, and we're called to bring the kingdom into education and medicine and into our households and into our moms with littles groups and into children's church and into everywhere that we go, Right? We're called to do it. We're just not called to do it based solely on our ability and our effort and our humanity. We are called to do it not by strength or by might, but by his spirit. We are called to do it through grace. <laughs> so you literally can say, I'm doing it, but I'm not doing it. I thought it was a good point. <laughs> have you ever, by the grace of God, have you ever been in a moment where you're like, I don't know how this is happening? And you're there for the happening. <laughs> well, if you haven't, you should try it. It's really fun. <laughs> I don't know how this is happening. I've spoken to medical professionals all over the world. I don't know how this is happening, but it's happening by his grace. I'm standing in front of someone who their, their deaf ears have just opened up. And they're like, I, I can hear you snapping. And they're, they're repeating things. Someone's standing behind them, 20 feet behind them. And they're, they're like freaking out. And literally, I, can, I don't know how this is happening. <laughs> I say it all the time. Listen, I, I don't know. My degree is in recreation and leisure. I don't know how metal dissolves. I don't know how deaf ears open. I don't know how blind eyes open. I don't know how cancer cells dissolve. But by the grace of God, I give myself permission to see it happen anyway. And you can do the same in business. In education, in inventions. Whew, oh man, I, f I feel the fire of the Holy Spirit right now. <clears throat> and prayer is what makes the way. Prayer is what, what oils the hinges of the door of opportunity. <laughs> What feels, like a, what feels like a brick wall, all of a sudden, through prayer, wait a minute, there's hinges here. And you fall, 
brick wall, brick wall, brick wall. Whoop, what just happened? You fall into opportunities that you never thought were available or possible before. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm about to start, I'm about to start talking about uh, in, encountering God in prayer. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many people love that verse? <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But there's a key here, and the key is that word strengthens is, is in the Greek, it's in dunamo. And in, the prefix is what we know our English in, to go into something. But dunamo is power or might. It's where we get the word dynamite. It literally is a dynamic working power. So I can do all things through Christ who puts his dynamic working power inside of me. <laughs> How does that happen? In prayer. <laughs> Listen, I can do all things. What things? Whatever God has put that dynamic working power of grace in you for. Listen, I don't know if you figured it out yet, but he is leading the dance. So yes, we can do all things, but it's not, it's not as much. I pick and choose. It's what do I have grace in the moment for? And when God says, go there, now you have grace for it. When God says, do that, now you have grace for it. When God says, I want you to have influence. When he says to a 28-year-old that has a degree in recreation and leisure, I want you to have influence in the medical sphere. <clears throat> there's no grace for it until God says, do it. Now there's grace for it. <clears throat> in Dunamo, his dynamic working power comes inside of you through prayer. When we, when, we, when we come into prayer with the perspective to receive, that's a good word. <laughs> Praying in the secret place. How many people know that we are called to get caught up in prayer? We are called to have a lifestyle of prayer. We are called to be vessels of prayer. We are called to pray without ceasing. Listen, you've, you've heard me share this a lot of times that Ruth Ward Heflin is famous for this statement. It's about worship. She says, praise until the spirit of worship comes. Then worship until the glory comes. And then stand in the glory. It's beautiful, powerful. God spoke to me one time about that statement. I was just meditate. I'm like, oh, that's so powerful. And God spoke to me. He said, do you know how you've moved from the realm of praise into the spirit of worship? And I said, no, God, how, how, how do I know? How do you know when that's happened? He said, you know, you've entered into worship when it's harder to stop than it is to keep going. Yeah. 
Most of us have been in that place, right, where you're in worship and it's so dynamic. God is moving. The winds of God are building. You're like, oh, my God. And it's like it's that time to stop or transition, and everyone in the room is like, no. That's the spirit of worship. It's different than over here, like, God, you're good, you're amazing, you're beautiful, check your watch, like, oh, it's a time, can we go on, can we transition, I got to go get lunch, right? Big difference. (laughs) Well, the greatest, no, the most passionate worshipers are those who have encountered God in worship. The most passionate prayers are those who have, have encountered God in prayer. Now listen, I just told that story about worship, but there's the same invitation for prayer. And here's what I think God is shifting over many of us, is that prayer isn't just bringing my list of needs. That prayer is as much an invitation to engagement and encounter as worship is. And listen, I tell you, you haven't fully experienced prayer if you haven't gotten to the place where it's, where it's harder to stop than it is to keep going. And I'll just be real, we've, uh, we've all been there in our life of like where the thought of prayer is like, oh. Because it's, it is an engagement of our flesh. And the thought of praying long, that feels hard. Why? Because it's an engagement of our flesh. We haven't yet tasted and seen the place in prayer where we're not just bringing our itemized list to God. Here it is, God, I need this, and I need this, and Susan needs that, and the church needs this, and that, right? We haven't moved past that to where we encounter the Lord. And now the wind of his grace starts to sweep us up and we're not praying our own thoughts, our own intentions. We're partnering with him. We're praying what he's praying. And we're whoa, and an hour's gone by and two hours has gone by and someone's like, hey, we gotta go to that thing. And you're like, no, just leave me. I'm here with Jesus. It's harder to stop than it is to keep going. Listen, if there's not an excitement in you about prayer, then guess what? There's more available. (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) Listen, when you hear about a prayer meeting, it should have as much excitement, if not more, as when you hear about a worship night. And if it's not, it's because like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to take turn bringing my list and then you're going to bring your list and we're going to like, what is it? Oh, it's been 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, uh. It's an engagement of the flesh. But if if we can enter into where it's an, an interaction in the spirit, it changes everything. Next to Savior, Jesus' primary role as it pertains to people is intercessor. He makes intercession before the Father for us continually. (laughs) 
And if that's the case, our ability to find him in intercession is endless. I'll try it over here. <laughs> if Jesus is apart from Savior, his primary role is intercessor. Our ability to engage with him, interact with him, find him, connect with him, with him. <clears throat> not the principles of him, not though I work for him. To engage with him in intercession is endless. You could get caught up where it's harder to stop than it is just to keep going. Come on. There's grace available. The difference from a long prayer and a timeless prayer is interaction. Well, that didn't go over well. <laughs> I want that to sink in, so I'm going to say it again. The difference from a long prayer and a timeless prayer is interaction or engagement. <laughs> Whoa, thank you, Jesus. Is it just real quick? There's I don't have time. Just real quick, there are types of prayer to. <laughs> A couple of types of prayer. This is not exhaustive, obviously, but a couple of types of prayer. Listen, discipline, devotional prayer. Discipline, devotional prayer. And I want to actually talk about moving, uh, building upon that. But discipline, devotional prayer breaks the back of the enemy. Because the enemy's job is he wants to get you distracted and discouraged and disconnected. Distracted, discouraged, and disconnected. If he can do that, he's winning. And so all the things that get you distracted from prayer or discouraged in prayer, like, I don't want to pray, so you stop praying, you stop engaging, the enemy's winning. But when the enemy's throwing everything at you, including the kitchen sink, right, everything's going wrong, and you still get up and pray. You're like, uh-uh, enemy. <laughs> not on my watch. Uh-uh. <laughs> and, and listen, you get up in prayer, not just to bring your list, but to engage with Jesus and the Father through the Holy Spirit. Guess what? The enemy loses. And he stops throwing the sink at you. <laughs> listen, the harder you come at me, the more I'm going to pray. Okay, well, I'll stop coming. Oh, gosh. Uh, adoration prayer. Adoration prayer. This is my favorite. Father, you're amazing. I love you. I adore you. You're so beautiful. You're so kind. You're so wonderful. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the Prince of peace, the Alpha and the Omega. You're beautiful, Jesus. I love all that you are and who you are. You're wonderful. You're my king. You're my savior. Adoration prayer. Listen, it's, it's, it's like worship, except for you're the author. 
what do I mean by that? Most of the, you can write a worship song, and that's beautiful, but most of the time we sing worship, we're singing along with something someone else wrote out of their devotion. And it's powerful. It brings us into a place, but it's more powerful when it comes out of your heart, a devotion. Adoration prayer, you have to author the prayer. Is better than your response. I'm just telling you, listen, it, that will change your prayer life right there. You have to author the prayer. Listen, again, not an exhaustive list, but a couple of points he, he's, I feel like he's highlighting. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. And without... Most of us understand praying in your prayer language, praying in the spirit, right? When we don't, when we don't know what to pray, right? The, 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 the spirit prays through us utterances, right? That are beyond our understanding. No one knows the heart of God, but the spirit of God. So when we engage in the spirit, we are engaging in realms that are beyond our knowledge and understanding. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Quick story, a missionary, sorry, not a missionary, a, <laughs> the opposite of a missionary, a, uh, a, a man who, who got saved later in his life in his, in his 20s, he grew up the son of a witch doctor in Africa. He was, he was the son of the most powerful witch doctor in this whole, whole large region. Other witch doctors come and bow down to him, like powerful witch doctor, and and. This man telling his story of growing up, his father, and you know, I could go into all the like crazy demonic stuff that he saw and witnessed, but he said, you know, his dad wasn't afraid of anyone. The other most powerful witch doctors would come and bow down to him. He wasn't afraid of anyone except for there was this one group. Then there were these, these missionaries that would be in town, and some of them in the spirit, he could see some of them have had orbs of light that exuded from their bellies. And some of them had small orbs. And he said, whenever my father saw one of these missionaries coming with an orb of light, he would cross the street to avoid them. And he said some of them had small orbs and some of them had big orbs that covered all of them and even some had orbs that covered their whole family. Yeah. Woo, I got goosebumps. Woo. Oh. And, he, and as he grew, he began to realize that these people with the orbs were missionaries that knew how to pray in the spirit. To pray in tongues, and obviously the bigger the orb was those who did it more consistently. <laughs> well, and it changed everything. <laughs> Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa, where'd you go? <clears throat> and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. 
<laughs> Although that same grace would be change business, change education, change medicine, on and on and on. But listen, that same thing about going and doing, and we've covered it, it's not our ability, it's not our effort, it's his grace. That, that, that verse, verse 8, ends with this, freely you have received, freely give. Yeah. How are we supposed to go and bring transformation? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, change business, change education, change science, change medicine bring kingdom inventions to the world. How is that supposed to happen? Freely you have received. Now you can give. I can do all things through Christ who in dunamo puts his dynamic working power in me through prayer. I believe that there's a gift for prayer available right now. Thank you, Jesus. Someone come up on the guitar or the keys. We're going to end. I believe that there's a gift for prayer. I believe that God is digging, inviting us to dig the well. By grace, again, not our efforts, to dig a well in prayer that deepens and deepens. And if currently dozens of deaf ears can open and cancer can dissolve and brain tumors can disappear and people can encounter God through moms and littles and on and on and on, what happens if the well gets deeper? And I believe that God wants to impart a grace and an excitement for prayer, just like there is for worship. Because when the two go together, come on, can you stand to your feet this morning? Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray, and it's time to go pick up your kids. But I feel like that there's some people in the room that you're like, I don't have that excitement or I need another level of this of that excitement that that you're talking about that excitement for prayer that awe and wonder that child like wow I have the opportunity to pray but you want it but you want it I literally feel like that there is a gift wow in fact Tim sent me a message I didn't see it till a little bit later last night about grace for receiving prayer language, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Pastor Eddie has an incredible grace for that too. So Tim and Eddie, can you guys go stand over here and listen, If well, I'm going to pray and close the service and if you need to go, you can go, but I feel like there's some people that you want to come and receive that gift and it's grace, but God's going to put a dynamic working power. He's going to put an excitement in you for prayer. He's going to change your perspective on what's available in prayer when you go in your room and you close the door in secret. So I'm going to pray, but I'm going to invite those who, you're like, yes, I want the gift, God, just to come forward. We're just going to have some team minister to you. So if that's you, you can just begin to make your way up to the front. Father, I thank you for this house you call the house of God and Father that you are inviting us to deepen our well as a house of prayer so come come and engage with us the prayers come and engage with us 
Father, come and invite us onto the dance floor of prayer, but remind us that we're not leading the dance. You are. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things, the itemized list, that will be added unto you. So, Father, I thank you for the gift that's available to deepen the well of prayer, both individually and corporately, in Jesus' name. And everyone who's in agreement said, amen, amen, amen. Come on. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.